Let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 7. If you would stand with me for the reading of the word of God. Again, it's good to see everybody. I love to look out and see all the faces. It's just a wonderful thing. There's nothing greater than watching people love God. For for all the years I've been living for God, there are times when I just, I see God just doing things in people's lives and moving, and I just stand and watch. And I'm just like, look at this. Only God can do this. When people are just worshiping God, and people are just praising God, and people are just in awe of what God is doing. I said, look at this. This is amazing, and God is so real. And so I'm always just so excited to look out and watch people just love God. It is a wonderful thing to just love the Lord. Matthew chapter 7. Amen. Maybe I need to try these and see if they work. (laughs) See if they work. Amen. In Matthew chapter 7, don't panic. In verse 1, you don't have to go to verse 1. I just want to point out something. In verse 1 all the way up to verse 23, Jesus was making some statements. I mean, some powerful statements. I mean, he started out the chapter by saying, Judge not that ye be not judged. And, you know, um, I think that's some scripture sometimes that uh, many people go back and forth about because some people say, don't judge me. And, 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 you know, and others will say, I can judge you and, you know, but here's the truth of the matter. Only one that can be the true judge is God. So when someone are oper- when someone is operating by the spirit, then they can judge by the spirit. They can't judge personally, but the spirit of God that's in them can judge. The, 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 the problem is sometimes we let our own flesh get in the way of the spirit judging. But the Spirit of God is the only thing that can judge. We can't actually judge because we're not in a right place to judge. But the Spirit of God in us can judge a situation. As a matter of fact, that's how you can get by. Uh, there's, sometimes there are challenges in your life. There are situations. And guess what you do? You pray. And so if you get an answer, where did you get that answer from? Exactly. So the spirit that's in you, who is God, can judge, but you personally can't judge because you've already uh, made mistakes and have done wrong. So you're not capable, but God is perfect, so he can judge. All right? So it's he that is in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so you got all this stuff. He talked about judge not, and he talked about, you know, those who... Um, build their house up on a sand, on sand, and you know we talked a lot about um, some powerful things in this text. Uh, you know, straight is the gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. I mean, he's saying some powerful things that we need to take heed to. As a matter of fact, I will suggest that at some point today or tomorrow, you can make it your reading by reading through Matthew chapter seven all the way through from one through verse twenty-three. Because there's some powerful statements that were made. And so we pick up now today in Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 where the scripture says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, if you notice, if you have the Bible with the red letters, those are all red letters. Jesus was schooling, teaching. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will like 
him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Verse 26 says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man. So one is a wise man, and one is a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. Hold on now. All right. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and the, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. That's a whole lot of stuff going on there. Very powerful passage of scriptures. And so today, I am going to talk to you on this topic. Neglect not. Neglect not. Jesus, you're already in this place. You've already started working some things out. Lord, you've already touched some hearts. Now, Lord Jesus, we want you to do even deeper work in our soul, in our spirit. We don't want to walk out, Lord God, and it had wasted this time of being together. But we want, Lord God, things from the spirit to begin to work in our life. We want to see change, transformation, deliverance. We want, oh God, to know you. And God, we need to figure out a way how to be faithful and committed and consistent in you, Lord God, that one day heaven will be our home. Lord, we don't want to miss out on eternity being with you, Lord God. And so many things have transpired around us and in our life, Lord God, that threaten our eternal destination in you, Lord God. But today I speak life and I speak, Lord God, the power of God into the life of your people that nothing, Lord God, will take away our place in you, that nothing will hinder us, Lord God, from one day living with you all eternity. Jesus, I pray this morning that the power of God will move upon us and that Lord changes will come into our life. I release faith in this house and that no person, Lord God, will be exempt from the touch of your hand and the moving of your spirit and that all, Lord Jesus, will leave this place in obedience of the word of God. Doers of your word, we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Neglect not. You know, I tell you that I always pray specific and direct on holidays because it's always a challenge on holidays to uh, preach a sermon that will affect everybody, not just some of us. And so I believe strongly that this is what the Lord wants us to hear this morning and I will say this, what I'm going to preach this morning, if you don't get it, I'm getting it. This sermon has been working on me since I've been preparing it. And I know for sure that I will receive this because I've already received it. And I'm going to receive it again because it's just so powerful. This is there's just so much in this message this morning that will help you if you will open your heart. This scripture text that we read talk a little bit about um, a storm 
when it comes, depending on what you do, will depend on how you make it through the storm. The people in Florida know all about hurricanes and things like that. And so they know that you must prepare when the storm is coming. And so storms will come to those who are living for God and those who are not living for God. Somehow we think, I'm living for God now, I got saved, and somehow we think through getting saved that the storm will go around us, and the storm will only come to those that are not saved. We don't get into the church to escape storms. Storms are appointed to all of us. Persecution, trouble will come to all of us, whether we are saved or we're not saved. We shouldn't be dismayed, none of us, whether you are believing in God, not believing in God, whatever it is, when a trial or a circumstance or a situation or a a struggle come to your life, you should not say, God, why me? Because it comes to all of us. I don't care who you are, storms and trials and persecution and situations will happen. Trouble will come to all of us. When they come, the best thing we can do is look to Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't understand what's going on, uh, but I need for you to keep me. And will you show me what I need to understand while these things are happening in my life? Mm -hmm. Yep. And so our issues are not storms. Our issues are not persecutions or trouble. The issue is, will we heed the word of God or will we neglect to do what God says? It's like the hurricane that come in Florida. They hear hurricane is coming. My parents, they have shutters on the windows and shutters on the door. And so they can hear hurricane is coming. They can say, well, I don't think it's going to be that bad. So I'm not going to put the shutters up. I'm not going to put the shutters on the door. I'm not going to worry about it. They can do that if they want. But if that storm come and it start doing what it do, and the windows get blown out, and the doors get, the glass get broken up, and all of that stuff, the fence get blown down, and all that stuff going on, guess what? Who fault is it? Is it the storms, or is it theirs? And some of us, the storm come to us, and we experience a lot of damage because we neglect to prepare. Neglect is Usually, oftentimes, done by men as opposed to women. You see, I'm fair. Last week, I said, I think I said something about women that was negative. Well, this week, I'm saying something negative about men. I'm, I keep it down the middle. I'm going to yeah, keep it balanced. And so, men are usually ones we got to worry about when it comes down to neglect. I see the women. Let me listen to that. Stop it, ladies. They can't wait for me to say what I'm getting ready to say. See that brother one? They can't wait. That's why I'm delaying it. They can't wait. They're just, the ears is on cock. Like, say it. Let me hear it. Let me know what are you saying. Oh. So, yes, men usually neglect more than women usually neglect because men are so focused and one-dimensional that when we get locked into something that we 
think we're supposed to do, when we get locked in in what our interest really is, we just stay focused on that and we don't really think about anything else. We don't go anyplace else. We are just locked in and we're loaded and all we can concentrate on is the thing that we believe we need to be paying attention to. Women, on the other end, they can be locked in, but they're checking that out. They're checking that out. They're doing that over there. They're do- That's why they multitask better than us, fellas, because they can be locked in and still be locked in on everything else. They locked in on their man, and they can see a chick checking out their man. How does that work if you're locked in on the man? You see how they work? So, fellas, that's just what, what goes on. How does she know you can look at a woman when she locked in on you and look at the woman looking at you? You know, you're just minding your business and some woman checking you out, fellas, and she's saying, that girl looking at you. I thought you holding my hands. I thought you walking alongside with me. I thought I'm just the most precious and most important thing to you right now. How can you see somebody checking me out? That's how they roll. We're just not like that. That's just how the women are. So... So men end up neglecting a little bit more than women because we just don't pay enough attention to everything. We pay attention to probably the things that we feel like is our interest and that's what we're supposed to do. And so that's what happens. So fathers, we need to work on not neglecting things. Yes, we're going to try to do our best today in not neglecting. So work with your Husband, ladies, because today is the day where he just started to take some inventory on neglecting things, okay? He wasn't really realizing he was neglecting things. We cannot neglect our responsibilities of obeying God's word and teaching our, teaching God's word to our family. And so as much as we will neglect some things, fellas, We can't neglect the most important thing in life, which is to know God, know his word, and be able to teach it to our family, be able to be that example to our family in the word of God. We must be people of God, men, that will be able to exemplify the word of God in word and in deed. Neglect. What? does it mean to neglect when you neglect you ignore disregard a condition or disregard an advice from someone or to fail to prepare for something or fail to be concerned about a condition to be negligent to neglect your spouse your family, and your finances. Those things are what bring about neglect. When you find yourself ignoring things, when you find yourself disregarding things or disregarding a condition or somebody give you an advice like when you come to church and the word of God is being preached and you decide, ah, I'll neglect that. And, 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 and those things are considered neglect. To fail to prepare for something, you're neglecting. Fail to be concerned about a condition, you're neglecting something. Neglecting your relationship with your spouse. Uh, That one I don't even want to go down, but that's a big one that we neglect our spouse. 
We neglect, it doesn't matter which side, man or woman. When we neglect our spouse, the relationship just don't get better by happenstance. If we neglect, it's going to deteriorate. If we neglect, it won't work. We have to do something about it if we expect for it to work. One of the worst kind of neglect that we can ever do is neglecting of our soul or the soul of someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're, li- we're, we're living our life neglecting our very own soul. When in actuality, the most important thing that you possess is your soul. Your flesh came from dirt. It didn't come from God. Can we say God created dirt? Yeah, he said, if you want to be technical and say the flesh come from God too. But that's not really technically right. The, the, your flesh came from dirt. But the Bible says, and God breathed the breath of, the God breathed his breath into man and man became a living. So you are a soul, a living soul, and it, you came from God. So listen to this. Soul. We have an outer life and an inner life. I love this. Obviously, everyone can see our outer life, but only you knows about your inner life. So what you're looking like today, everybody can see. The way you may act today, everybody can see. But only you know what's going on in your mind. Only you know the thoughts that are in your mind. Only you know the things you've done right or wrong. Only you know because nobody else knows. But guess who else knows? The Almighty God knows. Everybody can see the outer man. But only you and God knows the inner man. And that's why, Brother Fox, is so important to go before the Lord and to be totally honest with Him. Because while nobody else can see that inner man, God God sees that inner man, and you have to make sure you're at peace with God. Uh huh. Yes. Uh. Your inner life is where your secret thoughts and hopes and wishes live. Your soul is your inner life, it is the life center. Of the human being because it is invisible. It is easy to neglect. So your soul, which is your inner life, oftentimes get neglected because it cannot be seen. And because we're constantly looking to impress. We always think about the outer self, the outer life. We always think about what people can see. And we never stop and think about the inner life that God sees and knows. And so we live our life impressing. We live our life putting on for everybody to see. But can I tell this church this morning that the judge of all judges is the almighty God and his name is Jesus. If we plan to get to heaven one day, we have to make it right with him. We have to go to him and say, God, you know all things. You know my secret thoughts. You know my desires and wishes that nobody else can see. And I'm asking you today 
today that you will help me in my struggles. Help me in my neglect of this soul that you have given me. Your body, uh, your body will go to the dust that it was taken from. Your breath will go back to God that gave it to you, but your soul will live on forever. I give you proof of it. I've said it before and I'll say it this morning again. Your soul came from God. And anything that's associated with God can never die. God is eternal. And if something came from God, it will be eternal as well. And you can fix it any way you want in your mind. You can work it any way you want to work it in your mind. Your soul came from God. And because God is all eternal, you will live eternally. The question is... Where will you live eternally? Because your soul will not die. Your soul will not die. I don't know about you. I can't play games with my soul. I can't pretend. The the, the moment I realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, I stop trying to pretend. That's 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 when I stop pretending, brother. When, when, when I realize all have sinned, you know, if you follow people, they'll make you believe they never sinned. You're the one that sinned. You're the only one that did wrong. So if you really pay attention to people, you will always feel like the worst and they will just feel it all good. As a matter of fact, go on Facebook and you'll think that. Oh, everybody's doing great and you're just doing the worst. So if you mess around with people, they'll make you think, oh, you, you are just not in a good place. But me, on the other hand, I'm doing all right. That's how they're going to spin it on you. But because I love God and learn God's word and I say, God, how does this work? And he says, son, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not some, uh, not a lot, uh, not a few, uh, but all have sinned, son. Uh, So don't you let nobody intimidate you uh, and make you feel less than uh, and make you feel like you're nobody and make you feel like you're no good uh, and make you feel like you have no worth. Uh, They all have sinned and come short of the glory. But if you uh, will repent, if you will submit yourself unto me, if you will obey me, then you will be delivered from your sins. All have sinned. So I'm not worried about impressing nobody anymore. And if somebody want to approach me and says, anything that I've done, I said, yep, and I went to God with it. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. This is why, can I tell you this? This is why I can't stop. Listen, I have so much things that in my mind and in my life, I'm just like, God, I messed up here. I messed up there. I messed up there. So you know, you know, what, my, you know what I'm trying to do, Brother Wood? I'm doing my best to do more righteousness than unrighteousness. <laughs> Some of y'all don't even understand that. When you mess up, Here's something we have a hard time. Just go to somebody and say, yo, I messed up. Forgive me, man. I messed up. I want to do more good than bad. That's what you're supposed to strive for because you can't do all good. 
You're just not capable of doing it. Look at your life. You've messed up many times, and you're going to mess up more times. So what you have to strive for, it says, how much more godliness that I can do as opposed to ungodliness. And that's what we're supposed to be striving for. So that's why we don't have time to be doing this and to be doing that and playing games. Because we've lived our life for so long doing what we want and living how we want and doing our own thing that we have done so much more. In my mind, I'm chasing after Jesus and I'm trying to do as much more than what I've done wrong. I came to God when I was 26 years old and I'm saying from 0 to 26, I made a lot of mistakes. I did a lot of wrong things and even if I came to God, I still did some wrong and I'm saying, God, I want to do more right than wrong. I can't take a day off. He counting. He keeping score. Yeah, he keeping score. And that's why I'm trying to impress him. That's why I'm trying to do his thing. We neglect our soul because we can't see it. It, 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 we, we do our own thing and, you know, we put on for everybody else and forget the real person that's living inside of you. The real person that's living inside of you is you, your soul. And can I tell you, your challenges are, 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 are serious when it pertains to who you are because so many of us has uh, lived, put on a certain persona. This is who I am. And you're afraid to let anything shine a light on it to say, that's not really who you are. And so you guard your life with whatever you can because of that persona that, that, persona that you have put on. Mm-hmm. 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 Many of us are neglecting the soul, which is causing the house to be ruined. The house, which is your body. Uh-huh. Sometimes sickness comes. Not all the time. Don't quote me on this day. The preacher says, every time you're sick is because, no. I said, sometimes sickness comes because you neglected your soul. Worrying and stressing could mess with you physically. So if you don't do what's right by the soul, you can find yourself messing up the physical. Mm-hmm. The house that has a small leak in it, if you neglect to deal with it, it can damage the whole structure of the building. <laughs> Young people, they fail their tests because they neglect to study. Houses that are left alone are neglected and becomes a mess. The lawns overgrow. The roof cave in. It's just left alone. It's neglected. And just stuff just starts happening to it. When we leave something vacant and neglect it, it doesn't stay vacant. The forces of nature goes to work. Roaches, rats, cats, dogs, and all corrupt things will come in and take over what you have left vacant. That's the laws of the nature. Just go look at an abandoned building. You leave the building abandoned for a while, you go in there, you can't go in there. Cash, rats running and everything moving around in there, grass growing out of the floor, and you're wondering what's going on. Because it's left neglected. So the forces of nature begin to overtake that house. 
That's easy to see, right? Okay. Nature does not tolerate a void. When you and I begin to leave and neglect certain issues of our life that needs to be taken care of, the forces of the spirit world go to work. Uh-huh. 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 So we can see it clearly with an abandoned building. You leave that soul of yours abandoned. You leave that soul of yours neglected. You leave that soul of yours without attention and care. And what's going to happen? The forces of the spirit world will come in and try to take charge of your life. Uh-huh. That, that, that one is too heavy now. Yeah, that, that's going to make you think now. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. That's, that's what happens. We have to make sure we pay attention to our soul, our life in Jesus Christ. We can't neglect it because if we do, the forces of the spirit world will come in. Listen, we can believe there is one God and his name is Jesus. We can be born again of the water of the spirit. We can talk in tongues like a Chinaman. We can believe. But if we neglect the barriers of protection for our inner soul, our inner man, our, our responsibilities of taking care of our soul, we will perish. Our neglect is not God's responsibility. Huh? We like to just somehow just lay it all on God. Oh, God, you're all powerful. Oh, God, you love me. Oh, God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. Oh, God, you are the king of kings and you died for me. Yes, that's all true. And yes, God loves you. And yes, God cares for you. But here is how it go in a relationship, and it is so with God. You have certain responsibilities that only you can carry out, and the other person can't do it for you. Fellas, y'all might appreciate this. You know what I always say? I can do a lot of things for myself. I can cook. I can clean if I want. I just refuse to do it because I'm a grown man now and I don't live at home with my parents and I got a wife. So I don't have to do that no more. Yeah. I can, nobody can clean the bathroom in my house better than me. Nobody. Can't touch me because I, was, I, was, I, I, I did that at home. So I can cook. I can clean. I can wash my clothes. Nobody can iron better than me in my house. So I can do it all. I can. You know what I can't do? I can't make love to myself. Oh, I got everybody. That is my wife's responsibility. I can't do that. There are some things the other person can do for you, but there's some things you got to do for yourself. And God loves you, and God cares for you, and God will see you through. But some things are your responsibility, and you got to do it. Stop sitting back thinking, oh, God knows, and God will come, and God will help me. There are some things you have to do. Oh, God, I'm preaching to myself. Don't worry. In case you ain't getting it, I'm preaching to myself. Help me, Jesus. Yes, yes. 
And so we can't expect God to take on our own responsibility. We have to carry out our responsibility. The Lord says in the scripture we read earlier, he said, if you do this, this will happen. If you do this, that will happen. So he's telling us there's some things we have to do. Somehow we want to believe Christianity means God understands. And so you don't have to do nothing. Oh, God knows. And you don't have to do nothing. Oh, God will save me. And you don't have to do nothing. Oh, the only way. Oh, it's so easy to be saved. I will just confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus died and rose on the third day and I'm saved. Did you actually did something? No, you didn't. There are some things you have to do. And there's other things God will do. You know what a covenant means? Go and look, look at the wedding vows. See if it's one-sided. <laughs> I'm not even going to go down there. I'm not, I'm not. I promise I'm not. I'm just saying, look at wedding vows. It's not one-sided. Both people. And God always try to get us to understand certain things. And the bottom line is, there's some things God is going to do, and there's some things that you're responsible to do. It's just the way it is, and we can't get out of it. Neglect not. Help us, Jesus. Some of us think that because God's judgment is not swift against us for all the wrong we've done, he doesn't care or he has neglected his judgment. My God, there's some things that we've done and we're like, man, I, I don't think anything happened yet since I did that. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I might have got away with that. We can get away with that with the normal judge at the courthouse or with people. You can get a buy on people because people don't know everything. God knows everything. We don't get away with nothing with God. God's delay in judgment is God's mercy and love. And we've taken it the wrong way. You know, it's like, it's like Jordan can tell you better than this because, you know, the sweet daughter don't, you know, she's she, she different. My wife don't like that because my wife be messing with my sweet daughter. Don't mess with my sweet daughter, Nicola. Um, and so I would say to Jordan, but even, you know, even the big one, they, they kind of, they, they study their parents. Children study their parents. Jordan, can you not do that? He's still going to do that. He knows the inflection of the voice, the reflection. Of, he knows. Jordan, can you not do that? Still doing it. Jordan, I'm not going to tell you again. Stop doing that. And probably another time he don't listen and then the wrath just come. And I just destroy him. Just destroy him. And he just loses it like, oh my goodness, is my dad doing that? Yeah, I'm doing that. I spoke to you three times, four times, and you didn't move. And he's wondering, what in the world? I didn't know my dad was this crazy and berserk. I don't know about y'all that don't beat. I beat. Mm -hmm. I still beat. I, I was beaten 28 years ago. I always tell I was I always tell the um the story with my mom. So um my oldest son, me and him was living at home with my mom, and I was digging in one day, right? Beating us here to death. And here come my mom come down the steps. Wayne, wait. I said, go back upstairs. Don't talk to me when I'm beating my son. I, I, I don't know what came over me, but I said that. But 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 you just, that's your kid. That's my you know, you lose it because you're trying to check him. Oh, my goodness. Every time I think about that, I say, what happened to me? 
So 28 years I've been beaten, I'm still beaten. I'm not changing. I'm going to do it the old school way. I don't know about y'all new school that tell them, go stand in the corner. My poor wife, she count down. And I just listen to her countdown. I ain't got no countdown for you. I, once I tell you something you don't get with it, guess what? I'm destroying you. Jordan, 10, 9. I think I stand in the corner and laugh sometimes. Oh, my goodness. She count down. I'm like, okay, go ahead and count down. Oh, go ahead, dude. Oh, she, she leaned into him this morning. Oh, I'm a dad. God is a good God. And he never going to leave us nor forsake us. But he still expects for us to do our part, to do what he tells us to do. Listen to me. Neglect is like cancer. If you don't deal with the small lump, it has the ability to grow and spread and become something that will steal your faith. It will steal your joy. It will steal your heart. It will steal your spiritual self if you just let it stay there and keep growing. And when we neglect and let things just keep on being in the place where it is, sooner or later, we're going to feel the effects of it. Sooner or later, if you keep neglecting the things that you are neglecting, it's going to come back to you. You cannot neglect something and don't understand that there's a price to pay when you neglect. Listen to me. I'm almost there. Your adversary, Satan, just don't want to be an intrusion in your life. (laughs) Yeah, not just an intrusion. He just don't want to get you to sin, mess up. No, no, that's not it. He just don't want you to do one particular thing. He will keep on wanting more. He will keep on wanting the next thing. You know, sometimes... You find yourself, you know, you fall into a situation. He says, I am not going to allow myself. And the devil's saying in the corner, oh, yeah, I'm going to get the next thing. I'm going to do the next thing and the next thing. till you get so far into what I want you to be that you can't get out of it. Oh, that's what the devil is saying. Yeah. Let me tell you something. The devil wants to make you his trophy. He made Samson his trophy for a minute there. That's how he operates. He wants to steal your soul. He wants to ruin you. And he wants to put you out there as public spectacle that everybody can look at you and say, I thought you used to serve God. I thought you used to go to church. I thought the devil wants to put you out there as a public spectacle as his trophy of how he stole your soul. And look at you now. I'm telling somebody this morning, don't you give your soul to the devil. If you don't give your soul to Satan, God is powerful enough to keep you. God is powerful enough to heal you. God is powerful enough to forgive you. God is powerful enough to deliver you. You can't give your soul to Satan. Don't give your soul to him. I don't care how messed up you have become. I don't care what you have done. I don't care how worse, how bad your situation is. Don't you give your soul to Satan. I think I spoke to somebody this week that says, man, I messed up so much, I don't even know if I'm going to heaven. I said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. 
I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I don't care how much you mess up. You just know that you can you can do what God said you need to do. You can do it, and when you do it, you get back on track. I have to remind the person, I said, remember Peter? Peter denied Christ, and he says three times he denied Christ. But guess what? We read on the day of Pentecost, when the church first started, guess who preached the message of salvation? It was Peter, the one who denied Jesus. So every Everybody, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done, you still got a chance. You still can be saved. You still can be delivered. You still can be healed. God can still use you. Oh, give God some praise up in here. Clap your hands and lift your voice unto the Lord. Let Him know that you're grateful and you're thankful that He is your God. The devil wants trophy pieces. Uh, and God is saying, oh, no, you don't. Uh, I created them. Uh, I called them. Oh, help us, Jesus. <laughs> we have to start dealing with our neglect areas of life. That's, that's what this comes down to today. We have some areas in our life that we have neglected. And God wants to call our attention to the areas of our life where we have neglected. God loves us so much that all throughout our life and all the neglect that we have demonstrated in our life, God is so gracious that he assembled us today to say, my children, you are neglecting some places and areas in your life. And so I need you to go back and look. I want you to go and, and, and begin to Take care and, and start to deal with this situation in your life. Don't neglect it because it don't go away. You have to deal with it because it don't go away. Deal with it. When we neglect prayer and fasting, oh man. When we, when we neglect prayer and fasting, just like, you know, I've told you this before. Every failure in our life, mine included, every failure is a failure to pray. Peter proved that to us. Remember when Jesus told Peter, tarry, me, tarry with me one hour and pray. Because he knew what was getting ready to happen. That's when he was getting ready to be uh, taken over by the soldiers to, take, uh, to, to, to begin to be persecuted and to be taken to the cross. He says, listen, I need for you to pray with me, to strengthen me. And they were supposed to be praying with the Lord. And instead of praying, they were falling asleep. Little after that, we read that Peter denied Christ three times, all because he didn't pray. How many times we find ourselves in situations where we can mess up, we never stopped to pray, and because we didn't stop to pray, we went on and messed up. I want to tell you today, God is trying to tell us, when you find yourself struggling, pray. When you find yourself in a situation challenging, pray. When you find yourself in a situation where you, 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 you feel drawn to do something wrong, God wants you to pray. You won't believe how powerful prayer can be if we will pray and seriously call on the name of the Lord. He will come and He will make a way of escape for you. If you will pray, He will escape you out of the situation. When we neglect to do the things of God, to worship God, to praise God. When we neglect to repent of our sins and, and repent of our bad attitudes. When we neglect to forgive someone, we are given the adversary an opening to our life to come in. 
You didn't know that. When you're walking around uh, unforgiveness, when you don't forgive and you're walking around, I just can't forgive them. And even when you don't say it, but you act like it, you leave an opening for Satan to keep working you. There are some of us in here today. Here's the word of the Lord. There's some of us in here today. The reason why we can't get spiritual breakthrough, the reason why we can't move forward, the reason why you feel stagnant, you have let Satan into your life. You have given him an opening and the opening that you have given him, you're struggling in that area and you just can't seem to move past it. And so because you've left that opening available to Satan, he keeps coming back. He keeps coming back and trying to hinder you. And so I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to deal with that area, deal with that, that, that situation deal with that opening that you have given over to the devil so you can deal with it uh, and overcome it uh, and no more can Satan get the best of you uh, and no more can he stop your breakthrough. Uh, God has some things in store for this church. Uh, God has some things in store for you individually but he needs for you uh, to close that opening that you have given to the devil. He wants for you uh, to shut it down. Uh, He wants for you uh, to give it to him. Uh, He wants for you uh, to obey his word. He wants for you uh, to fast and pray about it. Uh, He wants for you uh, to take control of it. Uh, He wants for you uh, to pay attention to it. Uh, He wants for you uh, to seek Him uh, that He can help you through it. Uh, we got to shut the door in that opening we have given to the enemy. Oh, my God. Somebody worship the Lord. Uh, Oh, God, I worship you today. Uh, God, uh, the opening that we have given to the enemy, Lord. Uh, Oh, God, forgive us, Lord God. Uh, We've allowed our flesh uh, and our lust uh, and our desires for things that are not according to your will uh, to leave an opening uh, to the adversary. And he has come in uh, and he has a stronghold uh, in our life. But today, Lord, uh, we've come, Lord God, uh, to not neglect anymore. But to care for it, to pay attention to it, to call upon you for help. For God, we have to do something. We will not neglect anymore. We have to do something. Oh God, we call upon you today. We want you to come and help us in this area. Uh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We have to make new consecrations. We have to make new consecration unto the Lord and start dealing with the areas of neglect in our life. A lot of us are looking at the work. Why don't I feel this way? Why don't I do this? And why don't I do that? And you're wondering why you can't get it together. I come to church and I know what the preacher is saying is right and it makes sense and I'm supposed to do it. But why can't I do it? And the Lord wants you to recommit. Make new consecration unto him.
The Lord wants you to start dealing with the areas of neglect in your life, especially the inner life, the soul, our life center. We need to start paying attention to it. We need to start making some decision about our inner life because if we can get that part of us straight, there's everything else will just fall in line. You won't struggle with your prayer. You won't struggle with coming to church. You won't struggle with reading your Bible. You won't struggle with worshiping God. You won't struggle with praising God. If you will just allow new consecration to be established, if you'll begin to do the things of the soul, begin to deal with the soul, the Almighty God will help you. Our soul, it comes from the Almighty God. He made us. Our soul was made to need God. It came from God. It needs God to stay and to be right. Which, oh God, we want you to take care of our soul. We want to take care of it so you can help us, Lord God. Your soul is not self-sufficient. Your soul cannot be self-sufficient. It needs God. And it's your responsibility to give your soul God. Your prayer is you feeding your soul. Your worship is you feeding your soul. Your praise is you feeding your soul. Your reading your Bible is you feeding your soul. You're giving your soul God. Your soul needs God. And it's your responsibility to give your soul God. To feed your soul what it needs. And so today, under the authority of the Word of God and by the anointing of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, God wants us all to begin to feed our soul, give it the proper nourishment, give it the proper things that it needs, begin to get the things of God and give to your soul. Neglect not. Will you stand with me today? Neglect not. First Timothy chapter four. First Timothy chapter four. Verse fourteen says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. By the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, meditate upon these things. Give thyself holy. That means all of yourself, not the holy that God is, but holy. Give thyself holy to them that the profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save and them that hear thee. Even the preacher needs saving. Every one of us needs saving. And so when we begin to neglect not, we have to neglect not the things that God has put into us. We can't neglect those things. And when we don't neglect them, when we meditate upon them, when we give ourselves wholly to them, that they become a prophet to us and others. Then when we take heed unto ourselves and look into ourselves and the doctrine and we continue in doing this, we shall save ourselves and others. If we will not neglect anymore, we will save ourselves and others. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, there's a scripture there that says, 
save yourself from this untoward generation. You can save yourself if you will do what God say to do. We can't sit back and say God knows best and he will save us. We have to feed the soul. We have to do the things that God said to do so the soul can get right. Listen to me. Here's my final thing I will say to you. We need to stop putting off what we need to do today for tomorrow. For tomorrow is not promised unto you. And we try to get this great big plan to say this is what we're going to do and what we're going to do. Can I tell you, for those of you that are inexperienced living for God, one of the hardest things for men to do when they give their life to God and they turn their life over to God is to let God be the controller of their life. Men were made to lead and to be an authority and to take control of a situation. And so when they come to God, they struggle with totally surrendering to God because they are, they've always been used to trying to make things work the way they know how to make it work, trying to do what they're supposed to do. And so it's very difficult. But for those of you that are inexperienced with God, men, the secret to living for God the right way is to realize he's in control and I'm not in control. The secret in living for God is before I make any decisions, I got to see if it lines up with God's word. The secret of living for God is I can't just go and do how I feel. I have to check with God. And so it's important for us to understand that principle. If we can understand that principle, we will be successful at living for God. I say it's easier living for God than living the way you want. Because God gives you a guideline and you have someone to check with to say, should I do this or should I do that? And so I always say it's easier to live for God than it is to do your own thing. Because to do your own thing, you got to come up with all these ideas. This is why sometimes men die before women. Because men are always trying to come up with things to make it work. We're breaking our brains trying to make it work. Trying to do our thing. Trying to be men. And things just sometimes is just tough. But when men surrender to God, I guarantee you, if we take a survey and find out men that live for God and men that don't live for God who live longest on the earth, I guarantee you men that live for God live longer. And it's for many reasons. But one of the reasons I think it's less stressful living for God. If you do it the right way. Now, if you want to live for God and still trying to work it out on your own, then you're doing it the wrong way. Right? When I wake up in the morning, I said, your will be done, not mine. And so now as I go, I'm not trying to make all the decisions. I said, what you got today, Jesus? What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And so that's how I try to live my life. That It makes it simple. Then to try to start mapping out everything. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. We can't neglect the things that we need to neglect. That we need to look, pay attention to. Uh-oh. I need a pen. My pen just fell apart. All right. Brother Chuby got to me first. Wait for your pen, Brother Chuby. Wait for your pen. You want me to tell you my habit in telling Chuby to wait for his pen? Everything, every trace, everything in your life. I, I'm going to tell you how I, why I told him this. All the years being a waiter, we go to 
work every day with a lot of pens, and by the end of the night, we might have one. Because every time we give somebody the pen to sign their credit card statement, they take the pen. So that was a pet peeve of waiters and waitresses. People always take your pen. So we don't take pens. You just, just look at waiters and waitresses. Anywhere you see that they will never keep pens because it's just in our brain. People take our pens all the time, so we don't take people's pens. So that's why I always give people back their pen. It's just something that's in me. I give people back their pens. Listen, last week the word of the Lord came forth, and somebody decided that they would attend to their soul and no longer neglect to take care of their soul. And so God added someone else to the family of God, the body of Christ. Brother Derek Barnett. Come on, brother, and get your certificate. Hold on to your certificate. Turn it around. They got to take your picture. Okay. Okay, put the mic down. Make sure the spelling on the certificate is right. So make sure you check with her and make sure the spelling is right. So check the spelling. This is my brother right here. This is y'all brothers. Welcome to the body of Christ. Welcome him to the body of Christ. Amen. I want you to pray with me. I got to give you an opportunity to respond to the word of God. And so for just a few minutes today, I want you